Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's episode is called Essence. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. (laughs) Hello, Jenny. I'm just laughing at you. Sorry about that. Yeah, all in good fun, Sandy. Sometimes we have to start these intros like too many times. And so we're just going to go with it. Get a bit giggly about it. We're just going to go with it. Okay, so today's episode is about essence. And we want to talk after last Monday's episode, we talked about stealing and emulation and copycatting. Today's podcast is sort of an about face where we're talking about your singularity or your essence or what is unique about you and what you're bringing into the world and birthing with your business because both are important. So Sandy, what do you think inspired this episode for us? We started talking about essence after listening to Carol Sanford at the Zebra or DazzleCon um, and you just whispered to me, we're doing a podcast on this. And so I think this is really her work, this sort of idea that a business has essence And I think it was just such an intriguing idea because we come across um, so many entrepreneurs throughout our week and we hear all these stories and we can sort of from the outside can see oftentimes their essence, but they can't necessarily see it yet. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that it's a great topic, um, an idea to introduce to our listeners and to our followers who are entrepreneurs and like just let this idea kind of sink in that what you're doing your business has its own essence yeah it's beautiful and I think we as human beings all have a sort of a unique essence we're all special snowflakes for lack of a better phrase but also as as entrepreneurs there's a separate essence there that we infuse into a business and I just want to explain the relationship between last week's conversation and this week's because I think they may be seemingly at odds. So last week when we talked about emulation and borrowing and learning from others and having mentors and immersing ourselves in other ideas and people and thinkers and places and podcasts and courses, we were talking about one stage of business for which that's particularly useful. And I want to talk about, in my mind, where essence comes in. So I think when we come to the idea, when we come to that moment in time where we feel like we want to pursue entrepreneurship or we have this business inside of us that we want to take out and put into the world, there is some sort of core nugget there that's that's essentially the essence. And I think we don't always know how to articulate that. We know that it's in us. We have some vision for it. But then we need to go and immerse ourselves in what is already in existence and learn how to actually create strategy around birthing that into the world Um, and then eventually once we've kind of developed you know some resources for how to bring what we desire into existence then we need to return to the essence of, of what we were building because when you immerse yourself in other people and ideas 
it's really easy to lose sight of what's unique about you. And Carol Sanford talks about that quite a lot in her work. She talks about how, um, you know, our culture, especially our business culture and our education culture, is essentially teaching us how to mimic others and conform to existing standards. And returning to your essence is allowing you to question those things. Yeah, and I think it's important to make the point that your essence just is, right? Like you don't have to cult, well, I guess you have, to, you have to acknowledge it and recognize it at some point, but just you being you, just like every child, every person has their own essence. Um, you starting your own business, your business has an essence. So it's just initially, I don't think you can necessarily identify it very quickly, but yeah. over time, I think it becomes more apparent as you go through the process of emulation as we discussed last week and just slowly it will, and I think often others point it out to you. Yeah. You know, I think that what happens, and I mean, maybe this is the female lens I'm applying to it, is I I think that your intuition starts to take over. You start to try on emulation. You start to try on these different strategies and tactics and roles and ideas from other people. And some of those are going to feel right and lead you in a new path. And some of those are going to just not feel right. And almost to a point where it's hard for you to articulate why. I mean, that, that's what happened to us when we were fundraising, when we were out in the female founder world raising money and, and raising around. I think everything about that felt off. I think intellectually, it felt like, well, we have to do this. This is what you do. Oh, my God, there's all these resources at our disposal. Who? Why wouldn't we do this? And what a wild adventure. But then I think, Sandy, you and I both deep down intuitively in our core knew that that was not right for us it was sort of uh you know diminishing what's unique Mm -hmm. about about our company it was it was taking away from the essence of what we were trying to create in the world yeah absolutely and and carol sanford would say that um when you are not aligned with your essence which is exactly what happened to us throughout that process or imagining going forward with funding and the investors um we would not be aligned with who we are and what we want to do that the business feels very fragmented and that the audience or your the, your clients or customers can't figure out exactly who you are and it's very disjointed and there's mixed messages and and so you know i think there is a bit of an up and down to kind of figure it out but i think you're so right that ultimately over time that intuition kicks in and it's very tightly tied with with the essence of who you are and what your company is about yeah absolutely and and i mean we also learned a, a great deal of about sort of our own essence. I think you and I, just from having worked with some feminist business scholars as well over the course of the last year, um, and I don't think we identified that as essence work, but that's that's actually what it was and how it manifested for us. Just that that whole idea that we had permission, we could give ourselves permission to just be genuinely who we are publicly, even Mm -hmm. though we're trying to run a company, um, what makes our company special or what makes our company unique or uniquely valuable to people is the fact that we're infusing ourselves in this very unique way into it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, for lack of a better way of describing it, I think we make decisions that intellectually are not always right, um, but they, they're heart-based, right? And I, I think that that's really unusual in the, in the tech space, at least. And so, you know, it, for, for us, that's what works. And that's the only way we can sustainably do this, do this job that we've created for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And with us, well, with any partnership, it becomes this like mixed essence, right? Like the yeah. business has its own essence that is based on you and I, right? Mm-hmm. 
I also love the idea that that it, and again this is Carol's Carol's words that everything in business is like measured and boxed and everything like you're a mid-sized company because you have this many sales and this many employees like everything in our society wants to measure um, and sort and talk about core competencies and best practices and so that everything can be kind of laid side by side and, and and compared and this idea of essence is the opposite of that right that yeah. that we have not we need to stop and recognize the distinctness of our own business and i think what you mentioned with the the some of the coaches we've worked with the feminist coaches have really brought that out not using those words and we didn't recognize it at the time but it's like no we need to stop calling ourselves a tech company that is going to follow this exact path cuz we know it we're not and it's a really beautiful thing to get in touch with that and aligned with that and um, i think you know, you can just soar once you recognize it and follow those those intuitive um, guides. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think one of the takeaways for our listeners is the relationship between essence and branding. And this is one of the topics that Carol talks about in her blog posts and in her work. Because it's really easy to think about, well, aren't you guys just talking about your mission statement or your brand? I mean, in some ways it's related, but but Carol is very clear that these are different different things. And so branding comes into play, like your essence comes into play in your branding, but it's not the same thing as your brand. Because your essence is fundamentally the core of your business. It's not necessarily only how it shows up publicly. It's like, how do you engage in the world? What are your, what is your purpose of the, your, your business? What is so unique about how you're doing it? Mm-hmm. That all, it's, I don't know, it's really hard to define essence, I find. Yeah. But it's sort of like this, um, I think we all know what it means, but I've just, I've struggled with the, like a really tight definition of it. She also talks about the relationship between essence and singularity. And she says, in response to the question, why does essence matter to business? She says, in the business world, we have a firm grasp of differentiation, which is often the basis of branding. A truly great business, one with a long and consistently creative life, goes beyond differentiation to essence or singularity. It becomes aware of its unique identity early on and adheres tenaciously to it over the long term. It hires to preserve it, develops products and services that express it, and makes it the basis for orientation and development. Singularity is the source of disruptive innovation, and a wise business jealously guards it. And she says, yet even so, a great business often does not express equal understanding of singularity with regard to people and natural systems. And so for those of you who don't know about Carol or her work, I've known Carol and known about her work for a decade or so because she's a thinker at the crosshairs of business and the environment. And she has a lot to say about caring for the planet as a responsibility of business as well, caring for people and the planet. But But I think that what she's saying here is that you need to figure out your essence and then you need to guard it and infuse it into every single thing that you're doing because what makes you special and unique if you can take that and distill it and repurpose it and and share it then there's no other com- competitor there's no other company or you know competitive person out there that can ever replace you you become so 
uh, essential to someone's experience as a business. Your business becomes so essential, like there, the word essence, right, comes essential in essence. You become so unique that it's impossible for any competitor to replace you. So when she's talking about differentiation and branding based on differentiation, I mean, we get asked this question all the time, Sandy, like what makes mm-hmm. you different than yeah. fill in the blank? There's about five things that people say. We have canned responses at this point for all of those questions. You know, we can talk about differentiation in terms of the nuts and bolts of how our software works or our course works, um, you know, all day long. We, there are differences. There are also a lot of similarities. But what actually makes our company different is not that. It's the fact that it's, it's our story. It's our founder's journey. It's what we're trying to create. It's the fact that we're focused on building something that's sustainable and that's going to be a reliable, sustainable platform for our people that's not going to suddenly change its structure or sell out to when it gets bought or acquired. I mean, we're experiencing right now what many people consider our competitors, all of them basically being bought out. And um, it's really interesting to see those changes take place, you know, in the business landscape um, because when companies such as those who are competitors to ours take funding, they don't really have a choice. They have to grow at a certain rate and perform at a certain rate in terms of numbers and metrics. Otherwise, they lose control of the direction of the business. And we've made conscious choices so that there's no one who can tell us what kind of structure we have or who, what kind of demographic we work with, or how we reach people or market to people, or how we don't reach people and market to people. There's nobody, no entity, no VC firm that can tell us any of those things. And that's a conscious choice that I think is part of our essence is that we're building our company on a vision for what the wellness industry can be when it's run cooperatively by the providers, the service providers. We are accountable to ourselves and to our, our customers and that's exactly it. yeah exactly no I think that's right and that is such a different story than other tech companies and and a lot of other companies I mean you know I, for many of our listeners who are solopreneurs and and small business owners themselves they're not necessarily in a situation where they're taking investment or they're competing against other businesses that are taking investment but I think that they can see themselves in this story as well so yeah you know, everyone makes choices based on this differentiation. That's what that's part of the core essence of branding. But start to think about not just when you're building your brand, not just thinking about what nuts and bolts wise makes you different, like your colors or where you're from or, you know, how long your classes are that you're teaching online. Start to think about this core essence that like what brought you into wanting to become an entrepreneur and wanting to become an online teacher and when you can start to infuse that into your branding and into your public face, it's amazing what you'll be able to achieve. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. I think this whole idea of essence really combats the idea of like, why, why would I do that? Because it's already been done before. Like, that's such a common thing that I hear from our clients or potential clients. It's like, well, someone's already teaching that. And yeah, that's true. But the essence is different. The singularity is different. The distinctness is different. And 
all of us are going to approach teaching whatever subject in a very different way and we will attract different people in this and if you have that abundance mindset you know that there's enough students for everybody yeah and if yeah I agree with you Jenny when you said that it's it's something has called you to start this business and that's very you know intertwined I think with the essence like then you have to identify that yeah and Carol Sanford says that she says the founder's story the founder's journey is inherently part of the essence and it has to be because it's not a rational thing to start a company. <laughs> like it, maybe it should be, but you know, going into 2020 and beyond when a th- more than a third of North American employees become freelancers and maybe it starts to become normalized, but but as it stands now, it's not rational and normal to to become an entrepreneur. It's still fringe and it's still quite difficult and unusual. I mean, when you go home for the holidays, many of you were with extended family over the last few weeks. I mean, think about like how how many people sitting around your table, your dinner table were entrepreneurs. My guess is not very many unless you're you come from a very unique family. And so that's still the norm. And so something in you has called you to this. And the sooner you can figure that out and start to infuse it into everything you do, the more successful you'll be. And I just want to give one more analogy, Sandy, so that people can think about this beyond just our business or our clients. Think about a kindergarten teacher. I have a daughter in kindergarten, and um, we hear this in our inbox. You do, Sandy, all the time from prospective clients. Like, well, how do I differentiate myself? Or how how do I compete with somebody who has 100,000 Instagram followers? And the answer is, like, look at the kindergarten teachers. They all teach the same thing, right? All like, but you... <laughs> Like they're different. Every single kindergarten classroom is going to be a different experience. And I don't, I mean, just anyone who teaches anything at a certain level, you can say, oh, well, they're all interchangeable. But how many of you think every eighth grade history teacher is interchangeable with another? I would say absolutely not. And so start to think that way. Like who have you experienced as a teacher or as a mentor in your life that has had such a unique and important impact on you? And, and you'll start to see what that person's essence is. And when you start to think about the people who've impacted you, you start to distill their essence, you'll start to understand more easily how to distill your own. I think once you identify that, there's um, a deeper creativity within your business that will result that, again, will just sort of skyrocket this whole thing and just keep propelling you forward. You have a, a like a deeper motivation and a deeper creativity to do this work because you're you're no longer um, just, you know, looking at the mechanics, like you said, about how long this video is or how, ma- how many videos do I need. Your personality and the way that you operate is going to come through. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a cool idea. I just love the – I love the idea of it, an essence for a business. Me too. I totally love it. I, I feel like we could talk about this all day. We'll share – in the hustle today, we maybe we should jump into the joy and hustle. Sure. We'll share in the hustle today some links to Carol Sanford's work. A couple of her blog posts are particularly useful if you're starting to think about these ideas. And I'll also link to her most her most recent book, which, um, as Sandy said, is a little heavy, but I like it a lot. It's it's more looking at sort of how to build regenerative businesses out of kind of larger companies, but it, I think you can still take a lot of lessons. So if, if her work inspires you, um, she also has a couple of great TED Talks. I encourage you to go down the rabbit hole of her work and see what comes out the other side. Yeah, that's great. So that's the hustle. Um, and last week, I was saying that I want to make our joys more like 
things that are joyful that we actually like love and, you know, um, like things that actually bring us joy. And so over the Christmas holidays, I went to Creative Market. So you, those of you in, I think it's just Western Canada, it's a market that's in some of the major cities that are just local artists. And I found this lady named uh, Carissa Bacte, who's a glass blowing artist. I'm not sure if that's even the right glass blower. And uh, oh my God, her work is so beautiful. And uh, she does some work in porcelain. And um, I bought this little mug that I've been drinking out of while recording today. And it looks, it's like made of porcelain and it's formed over a rock. So it's this really organic shape that looks like a rock, but it's like the finest white porcelain you can imagine. Um, And it's just beautiful. So we will link to her to her Instagram um, and to her website. And I know if you are interested in purchasing one of these little porcelain rock mugs that she will not have any until February 2018 because I believe she makes them in Portugal. So uh, she's Italian trained and Portuguese trained and she is just so talented and uh, just a beautiful soul. So we're gonna give her a little shout out. And I wish you could all see it. Sandy held it up to the the video (laughs) chat for me and I could see this. It looked like a glacier. It looked like she was drinking out of a piece of a glacier. It was pretty remarkable to to have somebody like carving out a cup out of stone and then pouring hot porcelain over it. Yeah, I don't really understand the process, but it's cool. So she this this is a this is a lady who's pretty in touch with her essence, folks. Like I would look <laughs> at her Instagram and you'll see some some really unique art going on there. So that's just another related yeah, example, even true. though it's fun. Okay, and we have something else we wanted to share with you all this week. We are, given the fact that we've been talking a lot about emulation and essence in recent podcasts, and given the fact that this episode is coming out at the start of 2018, a brand new year in January, we wanted to share the fact that we are putting on a free workshop later this month on January 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, and it's called Quintessential Business. So how do you identify and birth your quintessential business? So what is quintessential for you? So based on your core values as well as your lifestyle. So how do you take this yearning or this desire to be an entrepreneur and to build a following online and a business online? How do you take that nugget of inspiration and turn it into something that will last for you in your life. Because what we see happen time and time again, both within our friends within the tech space and the software world, as well as our current clientele and prospective clientele, is that I think there's a there's a pressure that people feel to build a business a certain way and to have it manifest a certain way on the internet. And we want to dispel that myth. So we have built a company in a totally unique way. We are two female founders who live in different countries who run our business remotely um, with a small team of contractors. And that's really unusual for a startup. And we were told over and over again it was not possible. And yet here we are doing it and thriving at doing it and loving it. And we want to make sure that all of you are able to identify the business structure that both aligns with your lifestyle, your the needs of you and your family, as well as your core values and your essence. And so we are so excited to offer this workshop. Again, it's going to be on January 24th. At 10 a.m. Pacific, it is going to be a live workshop. We will do our best to record it and send it out if you can't make it live, if you register. And um, you can register at soulful.mba slash QB, soulful.mba slash QB, Q for quintessential, B for business. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I think for those of you starting or wondering what it's going to take, we've got a little bit of a roadmap for you to identify what 
is the best thing or the best structure for you to start with in 2018. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Okay, and we will see you on Wednesday for Office Hours. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample. Soulful.